like button, Ken. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome into CrushTheStreet.com. I am Kenneth Amadurian, and we're joined today with a returning guest, really our, our, our top Bitcoin commentator, uh, Bitcoin enthusiast, someone who's just really been spot on in his calls on Bitcoin and in this, in this current environment where we haven't seen, you know, once it hits $60,000 Bitcoin, it's, you know, now it's starting to take a breather. And those that just got in, I think are getting a little bit worried. And uh, we're going to talk about all of that, all things crypto, uh, all things Bitcoin and, and life. Uh, Adam, thanks for coming on the show with me today. Thanks for having me back. And yeah, those newbies, they are worried because they have weak hands. They got to go through the gauntlet like we have. Oh, yeah. I, 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 my hand is strong as ever, though. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. And uh, we've seen it time and time again. But this was a, a lot more mainstream, if you will. It, it, it sucked a lot more people in that would have never have touched crypto back in 2017 when it was still a more of a, a fringe type of investment, if you will. Uh, whereas in 2020, I mean, it became very popularized. I mean, people that I would have never thought would have been interested are like, oh, you know, I'm kind of worried about inflation and, you know, it seems like a good hedge and, you know, I should park some of my money into it. Uh, but of course they were doing that you know, when Dogecoin was going way up and, and Bitcoin was hitting 60,000. And so uh, seeing it go down by, you know, 50% doesn't feel like an inflation hedge to people. You know, it's a, it's a real uh, learning process to experience the volatility and the craziness that's happening in this market. Well, the people who worship Elon Musk didn't get into this for it as an inflation hedge in the first place. I mean, they got in it because it was trendy. They heard, hey, it's just like Wall Street bets. You can make a lot of money real quick and you, you can keep it here at Robinhood. You can do everything that you do at Robinhood with the Wall Street bets you can do with this crypto stuff. What, what, what's the difference between Dogecoin and Bitcoin? I mean, they're welcome here. You're absolutely right, though. Mainstream has picked up on it a lot more this time than last time, which is a good sign. But of course, the opposite end with things, you know, when we have these corrections, the mainstream pounds away at cryptocurrency like never before, uh, especially Bitcoin. I mean, the narratives that are out there now, uh, I, I could never have imagined, you know, back in the day, killing the environment, you know, you're, you're a traitor to the United States, if you like it. Mm. I mean, you hear it all. And it's throughout the mainstream media. And when you put it in perspective, back in 2016, there weren't any mainstream media articles about Bitcoin. So yes, a lot of people are hearing about it that never would have heard about it. A lot of people got into it that never heard about it the, the last time. So it, it's it's pretty wild it, to say the so least. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, so getting to 30,000 is pretty epic. I mean, I think people would have been pretty happy if we would have said this was gonna happen over a year ago and man, we're here. Um, and it's taken that mainstream and that speculation for it to take it to these levels. Maybe, you know, give Elon Musk a little bit of a, a credit for doing what he did and popularizing it. But um, I'm just curious, you know, without the, the mainstream maybe fully embracing it, maybe, maybe the mainstream says, hey, you know what? We're not going to accept Bitcoin as the true cryptocurrency because we believe it to be harmful to the environment. I think that was significant news. Uh, when Elon Musk, you know, kind of backpedaled a little bit on that. And that might play into uh, it developing uh, the way, you know, 
we might all want it to develop. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's definitely causing turbulence. I wouldn't say, you know, I will agree with you 100% when you said a year ago, we would be going wild if you said Bitcoin will be worth $30,000. Was a year ago, it was worth less than $10,000. Uh, and even at the end of this, uh, end of 2020, we had not reached uh, $30,000. We reached it at, at the beginning, at the very end we reached it. It was around the, the, the turn of the year, okay? But Elon Musk and some of this mainstream, uh, these mainstream people, they brought it to 64, basically. And so when he fudded it, when he said what he said about it, that he, the Tesla wasn't selling it anymore, yeah, he's of immature, course. immature, right? Uh, seemed uh, immature uh, for the richest guy on earth to say that, right? He is a, a, he is a unique dude. I, I, I don't know what the logic was uh, that he, and, and the, the Dogecoin pumping, but coupled with his announcement, there was that China is making Bitcoin illegal again, banning Bitcoin, which we've heard year after year after year. It was just a combination of the perfect storm of FUD, okay? So you're asking in the long run though, can that stifle Bitcoin? Is that going to hurt Bitcoin that the mainstream has picked up on? You know, China has, has banned it and that it's not good for the environment and Tesla isn't selling it and Elon isn't as big of a fan. No, it, Bitcoin does not care. There, we, as individual, as people in the space, too many people put all of these stories on pedestals. Too many people put Elon Musk on pedestals. These stories come and go. We've seen it before. There was going to be a guy that was worshiped that that back the quote unquote backstab Bitcoin. It happened last time with Roger Ver in 2017. It's it's going to happen again and again. There'll be bigger names that 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 uh say bad things about Bitcoin. Okay. And this it, it's part of the process of going up that they're going to be these corrections based on egos and people panicking. There's no reason all the stories that I just mentioned, there's no reason to sell because of that. Is, is that going to make Bitcoin worth less in four years? No, it is not. It is not going to change the fact that there's going to be a halving in 2024 and a halving in 2020. The fundamentals are all the same, but it, this is a market. This is a free market. You have to deal with everything that's being fed into the free, into the free market. And a lot of people aren't used to some of these, uh, aspects of what's being filled, uh, fed into the feed, uh, into the free market. But it yeah. won't, I mean, people will, it, it will help shape narratives. I, I will say that, that, but the narratives will be overcome. It, it's not going to, um, you know, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin and they are welcome to, and when I say they, all the haters of Bitcoin are welcome to point out what they believe are flaws and they can rip on it for, but when it, when it comes down to it, then make your own Bitcoin, then fork it off. Okay. Then fork it off and see who wins. And, and that's what happened with Roger Ver last time with Bcash. And we clearly see, see who won that. So I expect, I've been talking about this for a while. I, I, I think there might be an environmentally friendly green Bitcoin that one of these people come up with or a KYC Bitcoin that doesn't uh, deal with uh, terrorist regimes uh, or, or one that's only mined in the United States for patriotic reasons. Who knows what, what, you know, you could create any type of cryptocurrency, fork it off from, from Bitcoin that fits these narratives. So let them do that. Let us get it for free and then let us sell it for Bitcoin and it will fail just like Bcash. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this idea. Bitcoin 
in 2011, small early stage. 2013, small early stage. 2016, 2017. And we're arguably you know, we're still early stage, but at some point we get to some critical mass of uh, equilibrium in the world where it, it's just priced at what it's priced at and it moves like, you know, we'll call it, you know, Apple or, or a, a stock that just kind of goes year by year with inflation and, and new capital. But we have all this early stage growth happening in Bitcoin. And at some point, we don't, you just don't have that early stage move anymore. You just don't have that much capital. But you know, what I'm trying to understand is with all of this mainstream adoption that so-called happened with the 2020 move into 2021, how much more can it go up before it is dependent on that mainstream acceptance and, you know, would be potentially, um, you know, hurt by a, an environmentally, you know, uh, cry against it. You know what I mean? Like that, that, I'm just curious, like how much more can Bitcoin go up before it hits that equilibrium in your opinion? We're, you're correct. It is still early, but it's not super early anymore. That is one we passed super early when Michael Saylor announced that uh, MicroStrategy was buying Bitcoin for its treasuries. Okay. And that was back in September, August of 2020. That was a big, a big turning point. And so we've had this institutional money come in from, from other institutions, other companies, and that's going to keep on happening for a while until a point when countries will start to announce that they are buying Bitcoin. Okay. But until we really have a lot of companies with it in its tre in their treasuries and a lot of countries with it in it, in, in its, as a reserve um, in, in their treasuries, there is going to be insane turbulence. So when, when is what, you know, when is the price going to be totally stable uh, and not this crazy? I always, I have always said it's going to, at least after the 2024 having, but I mean, we might have to wait until after the 2028 happen. So yeah. when that happens, uh, and, and it is a, a very stable currency, and many countries have it in its reserve, and large people are large amount of people are transacting in it, and many companies have it in their reserve also. Then the question is, <laughs> will this type will environmental FUD uh, affect the price? Uh, as drastically. And I, I think when it is that universally accepted that there will be a much better understanding of it that will be able to evaluate the, 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 the FUD and it will not have such a profound effect as it is, as it is had now. And it will, you know, maybe they'll come up with, some, no, they won't come up with something better than environmental FUD that will actually take Bitcoin out. It is my, it is, there is, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin and they, but people will continue to try to create other Bitcoins, other cryptocurrencies. No one can stop it. And I, I think when we do get to that, whatever year you want to say, post 2028, you know, stable one Bitcoin equals a million dollars or whatever, whatever it's going to be, that's not going to change very much that, uh, no, you, you, it will just be like uh, holding a stock in terms of news. It will affect it a bit, but it won't crash it, okay? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, a bit more predictability in that sense because of the amount of people that own it 
and are holding it and just the, the amount of capital that's involved in it. And understand it at the, to, to get to the level where Bitcoin has is going to be a, a very solid fiat price. Um, there's going to have to be a lot of education and learning anyway for all those people to accept it. So I, I just don't, I think at that point, it won't be rocked as much by any, you know, whether it be an environmental challenger or anything out there. Yeah. Well, good point. And uh, so talking about that, one thing that really fascinates me, I know a lot of people were asking, hey, well, you know, about this uh, run up that we saw. And, you know, obviously a lot of people texting me that knew I was involved with Bitcoin and, and own it. And, uh, you know, it, it just made me cringe telling people to buy it when it was 50,000, 55,000, 60,000. It was just in a, in that, that bull market, uh, phase. And, and now we're to the point where it's like, okay, now we got a real pullback. And the reason I would say I, I was expecting a pullback is because you went into that bull market euphoric environment where everyone just thinks it's going to go higher. And then they tell themselves, like you're saying, which I know you have actually lived through this and you preach, you do what you preach, but that is, uh, they say they're going to hold on to it. You know, I, I'm a long-term believer. I bought for 60,000. It's at 50. I'm just, you know, I'm going to buy more, but they haven't done it for very long. And those that said they would never sell at 50 as they see it, just have a hard time, go past 40 and go below, below 35,000 again. They're like, I'm holding, I'm holding. And then, then all of a sudden, those people that, you know, we're never going to sell at 50 are happy sellers at $35,000, right? And that's, that's why these bear markets take time is because it has to flush out the weak hands, as you call them. And it takes time to do that because people get tired. They're like, I don't, now I'm just happy to get my money back. And it, and it has that downward pressure. And then, you know, that's why they, you, know, you see all these technical analysis saying, hey, maybe it's going to 20,000. Uh, because that's just a technical analysis is just, you know, what, what people are doing. Although I don't put too much uh, weight into it because I think a lot of people have been a technical analysis out of Bitcoin <laughs> too many times before. But, um, you know, I just, I wonder how long this bear market is going to go on until it turns around. It's not a bear market. That's one of the things that I'm saying. It is not a bear. We're still in a bull market. We're having a correction in the middle of a bull market. This exact same thing happened in the 2013 one. Okay. It pumped up, then it dumped for a while, and then woo, it went uh, e even wilder. And what these weak hands have to know is that Bitcoin has always returned to its all-time high. It all, So there are plenty of people, you discussed the psychology of, of dumping right there. There are some people that when it got to 64, and they, they said, oh, no, we're, we're going to hold on forever when it we got down to 57 or 52. And then they started believing it's never getting to 64 again because they haven't lived through this before. There are people out there that are saying it will never return to whatever it got to, 63 or 64, that it will never return there again. They have not lived through what I lived through in 2013, where it got to 1100 and people said it will never return to 1100 again. And people sold like crazy at 700, 600, 500, 400, 300, 200, because they, they generally believe that they didn't yet. And, and then Bitcoin got to 20,000 in 2017. Some people didn't see what happened previously. And there were plenty of people said it will never get to $20,000 again. And they sold all the way down, just like you said. So there, 
there are so many people, naive people, that do not understand. It will get. It, it always returns to its fiat all-time high. How they don't understand this when everyone is print, everyone and their mother is printing money. Every country. It is unbelievable the spending of the United States of America, the, the money printing that's going on, all the proposals that are out there, the inflation that we can already see. How how people do not uh, can't fathom. That how they would want to sell now is is beyond comprehension. Uh, when it and they have no perspective at all that in the history of Bitcoin, you know, it had never reached thirty two thousand dollars until uh, you know December or January of this year, and, and they, they think it's the end of the freaking world and that it will never return to sixty four again. Yes, the the price got cut cut in half from the the high that it experienced with two months ago. Welcome the Bitcoin dues. Well, <laughs> welcome the Bitcoin. What can I say? Yeah. Well, so you are in Baltimore at the moment. You're heading to California for the first time. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. And just, uh, you know, I know you were living in Miami for much of this. Good for you. Uh, how has your life been since uh, the start of this pandemic uh, uh, until now or whatever you want to call it, well, a pandemic? That seems it, to be the mainstream. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's my... Mainstream. It's my, I've been to California before, just want to clear. I mean, it's my my return to California for, for the first time since this nonsense all started. So how has my life been since March of 2020? It has been awesome. Best financial year of my life. When all those people were panicking on March the 13th of 2020, selling Bitcoin all the way to below 4000 and you can see the tweets that prove it. I bought two Bitcoin for a total of $10,000. And of course, that Bitcoin, those two Bitcoin are worth a lot more now. But that's not the only thing I did. I didn't sell a darn thing. So I'm in incredible financial shape. It has been amazing, a study of psychology, to see how panic-stricken people became financially, uh, health-wise, in every aspect of their lives. And I just, what strong hand really means. Strong hand means to be a strong hand financially. It means to be a strong hand psychology is in your head, to be a strong hand in terms of health. I've continued running every single day, being as much of a health freak as I was before in terms of eating well and fasting and do, this stuff hasn't scared me. It hasn't, I've been on many a plane, many a gathering, and I, I, I have, Gone places, as everyone knows, I don't live anywhere. I just go from one Airbnb to another. I live this lifestyle. And I chose the places that were the most free, as I, I thought. And so Miami was an incredible experience. I was at the Miami the Bitcoin conference just a, a few weeks ago, meeting people, hugging people that have been on my show uh, in real life. Uh, I got to hear the El Salvador announcement in person and got to see everyone's reaction that El Salvador has Bitcoin as legal tender now. Uh, it, it, it's been fun. It's been a great year. And every year, you know, every year you should try to make better and, and keep on innovating. And just, I have been in motion. I just don't preach. I just don't use that as a saying, don't be a tree, be in motion. I am in motion. And I, I, I've, I've seen the United States uh, d during the last year. So some of the, I, it's, unfortunately, it started in California. So I got to see uh, the, the lockdowns in Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, most of my recent months have, have been in either uh, Nashville or in Miami, which are free, awesome places. So I just encourage everyone to keep up a positive attitude. Those of us who kept up a positive attitude and didn't panic and had strong hands are, uh, yeah, we're, as, we're doing really well financially, really well financially. Good for you, buddy. 
Um, well, look, this is a, a time. We're recording this interview right now, and Bitcoin's about $32,000. So, um, I mean, it's on sale, if you ask me. Um, I do believe it's going higher. I do believe it's going much higher. But uh, I just don't believe in the way that people bought into it, you know, FOMOing into Bitcoin at, at fifty six thousand dollars i don't i don't like that i don't like that as a as an investment strategy i don't think it's good in anything you do i don't think you should be fomoing into dogecoin <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, maybe you get your thoughts on that the fomoing into dogecoin <laughs> well it's uh it's a, a trendy people act in her the herd mentality it's totally herd mentality people who just saw it going up and and the, the unit bias they say, well, it's only you know, 20 cents, 30 cents. Uh, and Bitcoin is so is $50,000. It's so cheap. I can't buy a whole Bitcoin. I can buy tons of Dogecoin. And maybe it can be $50,000 one day. So I'm just getting in early. And it, you know, it makes, there's no logic behind it. They don't know what it is. They don't know that, that there are no developers. They, Elon Musk made it legitimate, though. Uh, because he's he's one of the richest man men on earth, so that 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 was a new that was something we could never have ha have predicted. But I will say this, you know, Do Dogecoin's economic policy is totally you know just print as as much as you want. I mean, it, it resembles the United States dollar in a way. But with with Bitcoin, you say people fomoing in at the, at fifty thousand, fifty six thousand, sixty thousand. That what you mean by that, I assume, is just people blindly buying Bitcoin, just thinking it's going up forever, and I'm going to be able to make a quick profit off this thing because it's just when's it going to stop? I'll just I'll sell it in six months and I'll double my money. No, that is it is not a good strategy to have that type of short term thinking. If you're FOMOing into Bitcoin because you're excited, you heard about this new store of value that uh, the, the supply new supply gets cut in half every four years, and you're treating it as a savings account where you tell yourself, I am not going to touch this thing for four years. Now, what I'm describing is like hardly anybody, of course, but that's the way people should think. If you bought it at $64,000 and you thought this is a savings account and in four years it's going to be more, then you were smart because in four years it is going to be worth more because the rule is the 210,000 block theory is, and this is true, you could take any point in time, add 210,000 blocks to it, which is roughly four years, and it's always worth more four years later. So you subtract whatever today's date is, four years, four years ago, it's worth, it's worth more than it was four years ago. So four years from today, it should be worth more. And four years from the day you paid $64,000 for it, it should be worth more because that is the trend and it has never been broken yet. So there's a, if, if people are feeling bad, thinking, you know, I bought it as a store of value, it's, it's, it was supposed to be a savings account, now it looks so horrible. It is your savings account, dude. It is, you're on the right track. Just live through a four-year cycle and you will understand it fully. Yeah. Good words there. And a good reminder. It was a perfect timing uh, to have you on the show. Adam, if people want to learn more about you, what you're doing, where you're going maybe, and to you know, meet you at one of your events, uh, let them know where they can go and what they can expect to find. Yes. The epicenter of the Bitcoin Meister uh, world universe is at TechBalt. T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T on Twitter. That's like Technology Baltimore. That's where I'm from Baltimore originally. You can hear my, my lovely Baltimore accent. T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T on Twitter. And then on YouTube, my show, 
You can go to disruptmeister.com. It lists all like 2,000 shows I've ever been on and hosted. Uh, or you can just type in Bitcoin Meister on YouTube or type in Adam Meister on YouTube. And the very easy ways to find me, just, just like that. All right, Adam. Well, good luck with your travels and uh, what you're doing. And again, thank you. A lot, a lot of gratitude for you coming on the show and, uh, and just sharing your wisdom with us and encouraging, encouraging people who may be a little bit discouraged in this environment. So uh, lots of love. All right. Strong hand, people. Pound that like button. Thank you so much.